Good afternoon, Lafayette. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation or go to your phone's app store and download the KPL News app if you have not already. If you do that, then you can send messages to the Joe Cunningham Show right there on the app. I read those on the air. I respond to you on the air. I send you a message back on the app. If you download the app and participate in the conversation, and we've got some serious ones to talk about today. But first, this I just saw this come across the wire a little bit ago. David McCallum. David McCallum, actor... Uh, for decades, has passed away. He was 90 years old. He starred as Ilya Kurakin alongside Robert Vaughn's Napoleon Solo in Man from Uncle. He also had a fairly major and recurring role in the series NCIS, where he played Dr. Donald Ducky Mallard. And that's how I, I you know, being younger, I, I first discovered David McCallum as Ducky went back and I I watched the man from uncle brilliant. Um, He's also had some other very great roles. Uh, He's just been a long time mainstay. I mean, he he's just, the man was brilliant. He was a great actor. He was the voice of Alfred in one of the animated Batman movies. Uh, He has really done it all. And I'm, I'm very sad to hear that he has passed away. Although he lived a rich, full life. Uh, after returning from the hospital to their apartment, uh, his son, Peter, said, uh, I asked my mother if she was okay before she went to sleep. Her answer was simply yes, but I do wish we had the chance to grow old together. She is 79, and uh, McCallum had just turned 90. Rich, full life. Uh, rest in peace, sir. Now, I want to get on to the big local news of the day. It's made a lot of waves. You can go to our Facebook page, KPEL News, and see that a lot of people clearly have thoughts, clearly are sharing the news. They clearly feel strongly about the news out today that KATC is going to be experiencing a pretty significant lineup change. Uh, The two mainstays. In the evening hours, Marcel Fontenot and Jim Hummel will be leaving KTC this week. Uh, this written by our friend DJ Digital down the hall. Uh, in a joint bombshell announcement poised to change the landscape of local television in Acadiana, veteran news anchors Marcel Fontenot and Jim Hummel announced they will be leaving KTC TV3. The pair shared the news on Sunday, September 14th, and revealed that their final broadcast will be this coming Friday, September 29th. Both have been an enduring on-air tandem, helming the 5, 6, and 10 p.m. weekday news broadcasts on KTC. Fontenot, who has been a fixture on Acadiana's television screens for 19 years, shared an emotional video message with her social media followers saying, Just so you know, they're not mad at me. I'm not mad at them. Life happens. Change is inevitable. This is just one of those things. Hummel. Uh, Fontenot's uh, co-anchor for over a decade posted a heartfelt message almost simultaneously. Hummel moved to Lafayette in 2009 and found himself captivated by the local culture. I thought I would be here for two years and then move on, but I soon realized how special this place is, he wrote. 
Thank you for trusting me. Thank you for trusting us, Fontenot articulated in the, her statement. Hummel mirrored the sentiment stating, thank you for your trust and friendship over the past 14 plus years. Now, the Acadiana Advocate also has a story on this, and it goes a bit deeper into what is speculating to be happening. And again, this is speculation. This is what the advocate sources have told them. E.W. Scripps, which bought the Lafayette news station in 2018, uh, will replace its live news programs at 5, 6, and 10 with pre-recorded elements that will be combined with live packages according uh, to their news director. Uh, It's similar to moves the company has done in other markets, including mostly at KXXV in Waco, Texas. Earlier this summer, the company eliminated that station's evening anchor positions, along with four editors, a digital manager, and a weather person, and offered them positions as multimedia journalists or MMJs. That seems to be a format change with the EW Scripps company. Uh taking away so you're still going to get a live broadcast of some sort at five six and ten but you don't have live local anchors rather that you have these pre-recorded elements and these live stories that are done by multimedia journalists the idea of an anchor appears to be largely gone based on this report uh you'll still have rob perillo you'll still have the weather desk you'll still have the local journalists the local Uh, folks you see in the various news packages on KATC, but the familiar anchor positions seem to be going away, according to this report. Before I started really appearing quite a bit on KPEL, I had been doing some work with the Daily Advertiser. And at the time, the Daily Advertiser's new room had been significantly shrunk from where it was, but still had a really good team about them. Uh, I was working on a podcast with my friend Lee Gidry, who is uh, no longer there, is actually in Spain teaching, uh, which is really cool experience for her. Uh, But Lee and I had a podcast called The Homestyle Podcast, and it was focused on this idea of what do we like to do with our families, what do we like to do, what are our hobbies, and how do we introduce the community to people who also partake in these things. And I think around the time The Homestyle Podcast ended, and it ended because Gannett, the parent company, the USA Today Network, Uh, was cutting back on contractors quite a bit, and I was a contractor doing the podcast. Um, They were cutting back on contractors quite a bit. They were cutting back on freelance journalists quite a bit, and and reporters and editors were having to do it. There there really weren't as many reporters as there were just straight-up editors at that point, uh, with one or two reporters maybe on the side, but largely just a lot of people in editor positions. But... uh, Really just um, a lot of a lot of a lot more work being done by a lot fewer people. And there was a wave of cuts before the podcast. There's been a wave of cuts since the newsroom chief at the Daily Advertiser, I believe, is now 
going to or has gone to Shreveport to uh, as the advocate is opening a Shreveport desk. Um, and she will take over there. Uh, Barbara Leader, who is fantastic, uh, I think is taking over that, if I heard correctly. Um, a lot of the editors that I knew and had gotten to know when I was working with the advertiser, uh, they're gone. It's a much smaller newsroom. I think maybe two, three people really in the newsroom kind of doing the bulk of the work. Then you have this story about what's going on with KATC. And it's pretty important that we note what's going on. A lot of times we talk about the mainstream media. And when we talk about the mainstream media, we're talking about the big national news desks, the CNNs, uh, the MSNBCs, the NBCs, ABCs, CBSs. We talk about the New York Times, the Washington Post. Uh, we talk all of these stories, uh, all, all of these news organizations, these news outlets, and they have a noted slant. And part of the noted slant is because that's where their audience is. It's much more difficult, not, not impossible, but much more difficult to find those slants in your local community. The newsrooms tend to reflect a little bit more the values of the community. They're not, most journalists do come out and they're fairly progressive. Let's not mince words on that. But at the local level, the priorities in reporting are different. The things that you focus on are a lot different. And I know that there's a lot of distrust in the media out there. I get it. I understand that completely. However, the best thing that you can do for your community, like when we say buy local, shop local, eat local, consume local media. You may not always like what they're reporting, especially when they pull stories from uh, the larger news desks, the state or, or regional news desks. The, the further away you get from the newsroom, the actual newsroom in the community, the harder it is to be objective and to reflect the values of that community. But local journalism, local media is so very important. And when we see what's happening in the local media landscape, we see the shifts that are being made here and there, things that news desks are doing to keep up with the times, to try to change based on what parent companies do, a lot of times we lose that, and it's important for you as a consumer to let your voice be heard. And that, just like when we talk about how important it is to vote, it's important to let your voice be heard. It's important to pay attention to your local media. Support your local media, but don't be silent with your local media. Don't be passive in it. KTC is not dying or anything like that. None of the reports indicate that. They're just undergoing a shift, I guess, in how their coverage is going to look, I guess, or how, they're, how they portray the news is going to look. But the fact of the matter is that KTC, KLFY, KPEL, our sister stations here at Town Square, all is part of the local media scene. It's all very important, the work that we do in, in trying to reflect what you guys want as news consumers and what our jobs are. 
So even as this news goes around and, and people speculate on what is or isn't happening inside of a company when changes like this are made, it's important to know that the product you're getting, although the face of the product may change, what's important is making sure that your local media is actually local. And if they're not, there are ways to let your displeasure be heard. But local media is so very important. It's much more effective at actually delivering real news than the national media. The national media delivers what they believe is the important news. In local media, the job is to reflect what the community really needs to know. So support your local media. Stick around. Because the local media is going to remain the local media for the most part. There may be some changes and you can voice your concerns over them. But local media is where you really should be getting your information. Let's take a break. We'll be back in just a minute here on the Joe Cunningham Show. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5. KPL 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation. Uh, before we take this break, uh, go to our commodities report. Just to kind of reiterate, uh, there have been, over the course of the last few years, a lot of changes to our local media landscape. And obviously the big news, uh, Marcel Fontenot, Jim Hummel, will be leaving KTC. Uh, interested to see where they end up. I mean, they are fixtures in the community. Uh, like I said, the advertiser all but gutted by its national company. Um, as much as those changes hurt, there's still a lot of good local media. And I'm not just talking about Cape. I mean, all of our partners here at Town Square Media, um, you've still got a lot of good media in the community. Support your local media. The media that stays truly local, support them. All right, let's take this break. When we get back, why is the Washington Post and ABC trashing their own poll? Shows Donald Trump 10 points ahead of Joe Biden. Well, there's a reason we need to talk about that, and we'll get to it here in the next half hour on The Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5. KPL 232-1542 is the number, or you can send a message to the KPL app chat, like some folks who have checked in already. Thank y'all for listening and checking in through the app. If you don't have the app, download it at your phone's app store, and when you go, you can sign up on the app, and you can send messages to the show, and I really enjoy conversing with you guys that way. All right, so y'all know I cannot resist a good poll, and we have a doozy of a poll from the Washington Post and ABC News, and it's one that even the Washington Post and ABC News are saying, pump your brakes, this poll is an outlier. And it is. It is an outlier. Never at any point in any of the time Donald Trump and Joe Biden have been polled against each other, never has Donald Trump had a 10-point advantage. But here's the thing. There is, there are a couple reasons to doubt the legitimacy of the poll. First of all, the, uh, the high number of younger voters is an indicator that something's off because younger voters don't go out to vote. But there's also the, the, the way that they have, the, the formula basically for their poll 
it doesn't add up with the usual voter breakdown that we've seen from race race. And that's typically how most polling is done. Now, they can ask leading questions. I talked about this on Friday. They can ask leading questions. They can portray questions in certain ways and get to the type of response they want. But typically, they follow roughly the same, or they're supposed to follow roughly the same model. They take the most recent elections, and they kind of do a a, a, a demographic breakdown and a party breakdown based on voter turnout. Now, they select voters, and they try to get as many voters as they can in this sample that they get. Most of the time, it kind of skews Democrat a little bit. But for the most part, we've seen that a lot of the media polls have been fairly accurate. Interestingly, the post-ABC polls have typically been fairly accurate with the temperature of the room. But it's not this time. And we don't really know why. And Washington Post and ABC are coming out saying, this poll is an outlier, this poll is an outlier. But if it were... If it's just the fact that it's an outlier, they wouldn't be mentioning it. They would say, there's something wrong here. we got to go back and redo this. But instead, they went ahead and trotted the poll out anyway. And the poll is freaking out Democrats, and there's a lot of good reasons why. There's another poll that's not getting as much play. That's the NBC News poll that also came out recently. In this poll, it shows Biden and Trump tied, which is kind of in line with what we've seen. The polling average recently has Trump, I think, ahead 1.5 nationally. But here's the thing. Trump is beating Joe Biden when there's a third-party candidate. Let me repeat that. Trump beats Joe Biden if there's a third-party candidate. The no-label stuff that's getting talked about, uh, some of these other candidates that are kind of getting thrown into the mix as possible also runs. There's there's not going to be that many people siphoning off Republican votes in 2024, but there will be enough people to siphon off Democratic votes. The Hillary Clinton camp, unable to reconcile the fact that she was a lousy candidate and her strategy sucked, her strategy was to focus on young turnout and and urban turnout, Uh, she ignored flyover country, she ignored largely Republican areas and and union areas, frankly. Um, Hillary Clinton lost because her campaign was run terribly and nobody wanted another Clinton. They'd rather take the devil they didn't know in Donald Trump than than versus the devil they knew which was a Clinton. Um, But Hillary Clinton, a lot of people on on Hillary Clinton's side really feel that Jill Stein, who was running as the Green Party candidate, siphoned off enough Democratic votes. And there's some evidence to suggest that maybe that did a little bit, but not, not a whole lot of evidence. But here's what's interesting. The Biden team's response to this is to go after Gen Z voters, go after younger voters. Now, I'm a millennial. I came of age in or around the new millennium. I'm 35 years old, even though I still recognize 2006 as being 10 years ago, just like I recognize that 1996 was also 10 years ago. I understand I'm not the youngest voter. I'm not in the youngest group of voters. You've got Gen Z that and the Zoomers, and they're making up the youngest voters right now. They Young voters typically don't show up, but they are 
polling a little bit more toward the Republican than the Democrat. And it's kind of easy to see why. There are a lot of financial issues. There's economic issues. Those are things that are really affecting young voters right now. From Gen Z through the millennials, there's a lot of anger amongst those generations because the economy is all but wrecked. And they blame the older generations for it. Joe Biden's age, making him the oldest generation, is not helping him. The image of a really old guy in the White House whose policies have created an unstable economic environment does not appeal to young voters. And yeah, Donald Trump's no spring chicken. But they also remember that things didn't suck when Donald Trump was president. There's less ideology here and more practicality. And so Joe Biden is trying to make an appeal to the White House, is trying to make an appeal to Gen Z voters and union voters. Joe Biden's going to go join the picket line with the striking United Auto Workers Union. He's going to do that for two reasons. One, he's trying to make the pitch that he really is a pro-union guy. And two, he's trying to preempt Trump, who's going to skip this week's debate and go instead to Detroit and talk to union workers. The UAW president, the UAW itself, has not made a formal endorsement of Joe Biden. Most of the other unions, the major unions have, but not the UAW, because they haven't gotten what they want yet. Biden is in a lot of trouble. The reason the media is bringing out this data is not because they really think that Joe Biden is down 10 points to Donald Trump. They think, as the polling average suggests, that Biden is relatively tied. In some polls, he's up. In some polls, he's down. In most polls, he's been tied or down to Donald Trump. Here's why they're panicking. Joe Biden's trying to make the case that the economy is better, that Bidenomics is working. Donald Trump has been indicted on nearly 100 charges. You would think that the guy that the media and the Democrats have spent the last several years saying incited an insurrection, is a criminal, was tied to Russia, tried to corrupt our country, destroy democracy. The guy who is a felon, who who is indicted on all these charges, he's clearly a bad guy. The guy the Democrats say all this stuff about is beating the incumbent president in the polling right now. Joe Biden's age and the economy are killing Joe Biden or at least his re-election chances. What the media is signaling here, what they're actually saying when they trot this poll out, is they're saying, look at all these specific things. Don't look at the, the 10 points Donald Trump is ahead of Biden on. That's an outlier. But look at the stuff that those voters, particularly the young voters that were oversampled in the ABC Washington Post poll, look at what they care about. The economy, Joe Biden's age, There's something going on and the Democrats need to make a change. That's what the media is saying. The media is out there basically saying without saying, yeah, Joe Biden's age is a problem. And there is the rub, ladies and gentlemen, because they can't just replace him. Who would they replace him with? Kamala Harris polls lower than Joe Biden. Pete Buttigieg doesn't poll much higher than Joe Biden. He might even be lower than Joe Biden, too, if and when you can find Pete Buttigieg. There's no bench there. I think Martha Raddatz pointed that out on ABC this weekend. 
there is no bench. Who do they get? Do they get Gavin Newsom? Gavin Newsom's clearly making some sort of national play. He's agreed to a debate with Ron DeSantis. That'll happen in November. Sean Hannity will be hosting that. But if they go with Gavin Newsom, they have an intersectional war in the Democratic Party because Kamala Harris was the first black woman female uh, vice president. They want that to be their next president. They would want, because of the intersectionalism, and to prove that the Republicans are racist and sexist, they would want Kamala Harris to succeed Joe Biden if something happens. But she's terrible. The voters don't like her. The Democrats, frankly, don't like her all that much either. But they know they have a problem if they decide to forego, forego her and go with a rich white guy like Gavin Newsom. So they're stuck. That's why they bring out this polling. They're letting the Democratic Party know, hey, there's something going on here and you need to figure it out. And the something going on is people don't like Joe Biden. All right, let's take a break. We'll wrap up the show here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5-232-1542 is the number or use the app to send a message. We'll be back in just a moment. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5. KPL 232-1542. If you want to be part of the conversation or send a message through the KPL app chat. All right. There is an NFL reporter speaking with multiple NFL owners. I'm told there is a common feeling that Dolphins head coach Mike McDaniel running up the score on the Broncos was disrespectful to the game of football. That would be the Dolphins running up the score on Sean Payton's Broncos. What were they supposed to do? If, if, they couldn't, if the Broncos couldn't play defense, were they just supposed to get all the way down to the third line and then just kneel? Kneel on fourth down to turn the ball over and then let the Broncos try to work their way. I don't understand. Like, I I understand running up the score if you, you know, I understand if you're, like, doing everything you can to run up the score to try to get triple digits. The Broncos just weren't playing well. They sucked. Just saw this a little while ago. Um, what, What was it? Gosh, it disappeared on me. I hate it when timelines refresh. Uh, so apparently there's a Monday night football game, the Bears versus the Broncos. Uh, somebody said, please flex this game to Wednesday at 3 a.m. <laughs> that is going to be boring football. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I'd, 70 points, yeah, that's that's a bit much. But what were they supposed to do? They were just running their plays. They were playing pitch and catch basically. The Broncos just weren't doing anything. I mean, disrespectful is a very strong word there. I don't know. Mike sends me a message on the app trying to get me in trouble. Mike and Brobridge, Joe, it looks like Trump will be the nominee, but if it will be, uh, I was open to all candidates, but if it will be Trump, uh, if that's the case, will you vote for him? Mike knows I've never voted for Trump before. He's trying to get me in trouble. Mike? I haven't voted on an actual federal election since 2016. I only vote on local races. But I am open to it. But there have to be a lot of changes. And I'm going to leave it at that. You guys have a great day. I'm out for 23 hours. I will be back tomorrow here 
on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. I know that comment's going to get a lot of you angry. I'm going to see the comments rolling in. We may talk about it more someday. In the meantime, find me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show, email Joe at redstate.com. You guys have a great day. Find the podcast version of the show available over on my Substack, the Joe Cunningham Show.substack.com. Talk to you guys again real soon here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. You guys have a good one.